Super Talk Mississippi media production. Well, free record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Hey, good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Eagle Hour from the First Bank Studios in Laurel and Hattiesburg. Bob Getty, Kelly Sander, Michael Mergens in the First Bank Studio here in Hattiesburg. Luke Johnson in Laurel. Uh, glad you're with us around the state this afternoon, uh, broadcasting on the Super Talk Radio Network and, of course, uh, streaming online uh, around the world. Kelly? Welcome back. Thank you, Bob. Good to be here. Got the new Southern Miss shirt on. Yeah, ready to get a countdown to kickoff. Looking forward to this weekend. Right. Our uh, countdown to Conference USA continues a little later in the program. We'll be talking to Andy Everett. He is the voice of Texas San Antonio University. Frank Wilson, an interesting story, Callie. Really highly sought coach. Uh, people thought he was going to do great things, but things haven't worked out so well. Well, they, they definitely had a bump in the road last year, and this is uh, this is either going to be where they get back on track, or he might be um, back on the unemployment line. Yeah, we'll be talking about that a little later in the show. Opening segment is always sponsored by Dickey's Barbecue Pit, proud supporters of Southern Miss Athletics. You can enjoy their fresh meats they cook in-house every day, and Dickey's reminds you that they'll cater any event for you, large or small. So if you've got a church gathering, a office party, a tailgate, whatever, Dickey's Barbecue Pit uh, will make it happen. You might want to check in with them, too, about their tailgate pack. Ask them go. about their tailgate pack for uh, for this Cream weekend. Cream spinach or, come with that, Kelly? Man, I think, it's, I think it's like 100 bucks, and it feeds like 12 people. But, yeah. I mean, you get pulled pork, you know, brisket, rolls, potato salad, beans, all, all or of Or eight people if me and you were invited. Yeah, correct. but, but okay. 12 normal people. Yeah. Speaking of tailgating, uh, the Eagle Hour and Super Talk, very, very happy uh, to be Associated with our first guest this afternoon, we, along with Keith Superstores, Papa John's Pizza, uh, New York Life Insurance, and Hooters, are very happy to be uh, doing a tailgate for veterans at every home game uh, coming up this year at The Rock, starting this Saturday afternoon, of course, with the Alcorn game. The tailgate will be uh, set up behind Southern Hall, across from the administration building in the courtyard of Kennard Washington Hall. Uh, I believe they had that there at the same time last year. It's free tailgating for every military member, active member, veterans and their families. Uh, We want to invite all of them to the tailgate for free food and fellowship and just a way of saying thank you for all that they do for our country. Melissa Socher is the marketing director for Keith Superstores. And Melissa, First of all, we're very happy uh, to be a part of this. Uh, anytime we can do things for veterans, uh, we think it's wonderful. Give us the genesis of this, how this got started. So, um, you know, every day we need to let veterans know that they're appreciated, loved, and, you know, anything extra that we can do for them, we need to do so. And a lot of times that's along our normal way, you know, of life and then the things that we do. So, With the tailgating at Southern, um, John Pace with Papa John's Pizza, also known as the Guardfather, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, we got together and decided to do a veterans tailgate at USM for veterans and their families. 
It's in a great spot right behind Southern Hall. We'll kick off about 2 o'clock this Saturday in every home game. It's a nice shaded spot, plenty of seating. There'll be food, fun, games, and plenty to do for veterans and their families at USM. And what prompted Keith Coe to get so active at this? John started the. Was it two years ago, John? John started this last year and um, got such a great response. It has grown. We foresee a lot more folks to come out on Saturday, so he needed some help with it and came to Keith Superstores. We support children, we support the animal shelters, and we front and foremost support our veterans. So why not? Uh, we'll be there to help out with the snacks. And um, there's a lot of other sponsors that are helping out as well, and we want to provide a wonderful day for our veterans at the USM tailgate on Saturday. Sure, and we're thrilled to be part of it. John, where is this going to take place for for people that may be listening to the show around the state that are coming into town and they're veterans? Where can they come to participate in this? Well, it's super easy to find. I tell people if you're coming in the front gate, you're coming by the fountain to the administration building, we are literally the first tailgating tent to your right when you pass southern hall there we're right there behind by the back porch of southern hall uh one of the first things you see as you're coming by the administration building it's where eagle walk lines up mm-hmm. is right there by us and everything and it's funny you asked melissa how she got involved i told her this thing exploded last year when we brought hooters on board and i almost went broke trying to fill in on snacks and things like that I needed mm-hmm. so I just asked mm-hmm. her we're, we're partners on some other events for the right. college and stuff right. I was like, just help me because it, it, we didn't ever anticipate the response we would get we easily have 100 to 150 well, show, showing up uh, every Saturday uh, it helps that the Hooter girls are there uh, playing games and stuff in front of the mm-hmm. uh, tents and everything and uh, it military appreciation week last year just kind of launched it in the stratosphere and it became bigger than i could handle and she bailed me out well good so. good uh new york life is one of the sponsors madison deloach is an agent with new york life a marine veteran <clears throat> madison what does it mean to you when uh, you and other veterans when when people like melissa and john step up and 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 want to say thank you so publicly you know honestly we're just thankful um you know it's any company like that steps out and puts veterans and, and puts them in the spotlight it, you know it builds camaraderie and a lot of the time after these veterans after they get out of the military they miss that and there's so many at southern miss and i was a, i was a student at southern miss and they treat veterans with so much respect and so much dignity but little things like this just means the world to the veterans and their families mm-hmm. and that's what it's all about southern miss is a really veteran friendly university they are extremely General hammond i think has a lot to do with that he, he did i actually parked in his parking place one time when he made me move but i'm sure he did <laughs> he did and He's uh Army guy, no he, he is and uh you know that's all that's all good and fun and uh but i, I like him all the people at the veterans house are so nice and, uh, you know, just as helpful as they can possibly be. And they love their jobs. So, Madison, what do you do when a general says, move your car? Well, at first I didn't know he was a general. I didn't know who he was. I just started. I was parked at the veteran's house. I've been parking in this spot for about five or six days in a row, I think. And uh, he says, hey, is that, is that your truck? And I said, uh, yeah, it is. And uh, he said, you mind moving? And, of course, you know, anybody older than me, I'm going to show respect to. And uh, I was like, yes, sir, I'll move it. And uh, no problem. So I didn't park there again. Mm-hmm. And uh, found out about six months later that he was a general. So, 
Not just a general either, a really. No, not just a general. <laughs> big time general. A yeah. combat general, right? Definitely, yes, sir. Yeah. Well, look, we're, we're glad that you guys are part of it, and I think anything any of us can do. And Kelly, I know you want to jump in here, and you agree. Anything we can do for young men like this right here, we want to do. Yeah, I know Madison personally, and I told everybody <laughs> if they just hang in there with him, he'd be okay. Uh, you know, and I, <laughs> and I think he's going to prove me right. But when you, I, I want to just ask a general planning question because you have no idea of knowing exactly. Exactly how many people are going to show up. You don't know what the weather is going to do. There's a lot of intangibles. How do you guys, Melissa, even begin to plan for numbers like this? Is there is there a magic bullet, so to speak? Is planning so this? we're planning major overkill okay, on this project. Okay. And any leftovers, you know, that have been opened or that are perishable, the veterans actually get to take those back to the house that we were just speaking of at USM. And it will feed them um, for Sunday football. And a couple days um, past the event, anything that we can close up and save for the next tailgate, then we'll just roll it roll it on over. But I mean, is there is there a general number you plan for based on last year? Is it just kind of a shot in the dark, you guys? Well, we we learned last year we had a big overkill at the beginning because we were running 30, 40 folks, and we had planned for a hundred, so we fed the field house. But then the word got out, right? Then the word got out, yeah. and a hundred wasn't enough. Fortunately. Uh, Papa John's is right across the street, so we're we're less than 15, 20 minutes from more food if it comes to that. But once we got on up there and, and Hooters is prepared, we are preparing for 150. Now what about a partnership with the university? Because I'm sure the university has to allow you guys, you know, access and so on, and make it as easy for you guys to get in there as possible. Yeah, well, the, I. I tell this so much, I forgot I told it on the morning story. Um, this started out as my daughter's in the color guard. And I have worn the guard father colors all through high school. And when she is at Jones, it was the guard father part two. And when I got here, I found out that the Dixie Darlings have their own tailgating. But the color guard did not. So it started out as a dad just going to do something. I partnered with Justin Blackburn at Fast Signs, and he's a veteran. He said, too bad we can't do something for our veterans. So I went and sat down with General Hammond and everything, and they endorsed it and got us the, the passes and stuff and the prime real estate where we oh, yeah. where we tailgate. And he's just been phenomenal in supporting it and coming out and making sure everything happens. The student veterans actually set up and take down the tailgating every week for us. All we do is show up with the food and then enjoy the fun. And All right, John, we're about out of time. But again, when and where and what time will this be Saturday? We're going to kick it off around 2 o'clock. We go up till Eagle Walk or just before when the food runs out. And uh, it's located right behind Southern Hall beside the administration building. And uh, come one, come on. There's that big sprawling tree there back there, Well, right. those are a little further back. Oh. We're up front where the bicycle racks are. Gotcha. Okay. Great event. We're very happy to be part of it. And we look forward to having you guys back. All right, Eagle Hour continues. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Glad you're with us this afternoon. I want to thank uh, Melissa and John 
at Madison for stopping by. That's a great deal, man. I'm excited about doing that, Kelly. Yeah, and what a noble thing to do. Right. Exactly. You know, because there's always military appreciation game, you know, where they might feel right. special for one game. But um, but Melissa made a good point. This is something that all the time, every time you get a chance, I make a note of it myself, like everybody else. Should. Anytime you see a veteran with wearing their hat, right. I always go up and thank them for their service. No company in this part of Mississippi does more charity work than Keithco. I mean, they're, they're involved in a lot of stuff. So think about that the next time you want to go to a convenience store. Key Superstores does an awful lot for people all in the area. As does John at Papa John's. He's been really active since he took over the marketing for Papa John's Pizza. So. Yeah, last year, uh, our, we happened to tailgate right where the veterans' tailgate is going to take place. And when they did have more than they needed last year early in the season, as he was right. talking about, he came by and, right. and gave us some pizza, and it was awesome. Right. Always, always good stuff. All right, this segment sponsored by Campus Bookmart and CampusBookmart.net, our good buddies on Hardy Street. Great selection of Southern Miss apparel. you got to get a new shirt before the game Saturday night. There's no other place to go uh, but Campus Bookmart. If you want to get it uh, before you come to town, just simply go to CampusBookmart.net, and uh, they'll deliver it right to your front door. We thank them for their support. All right, Luke, it's uh, it's kickoff week. I put a, I put a question up on the Eagle Hour social media this morning about playing Alcorn and other SWAC schools, and did our fans and our listeners think that that was a good idea? It's not 100%, not 100%. Most seem to think it was a good idea, some not so much. Uh, Your thoughts, Luke Johnson, on this continuing series of games with SWAC opponents? Well, when we talked to Jeremy McLean last week, it became really apparent that the university views games like this as attendance boosters. And let's be honest. You look, you look last year, you look at uh, against Jackson State, you look at the Southern game the year before, you have more people in the stands, you're selling more tickets to those games than you are for conference games. Apart from Kentucky coming in at the beginning of the 2017 season, there have not been more well-attended. And I, I would think even the Southern game after the Kentucky game two years ago was more well-attended than the Kentucky game. So here's the thing. Don't complain about us playing SWAC schools if you're not going to show up for conference games. Because from the university's perspective, they got to sell tickets. And if you can, the, the SWAC teams travel great. It's a short ride from them. And from a Southern Miss perspective, I mean, we're viewing this game going in. Uh, you can never take anybody for granted, but it is. It's like scrimmage number four. It is the final, uh, it is a game, real life game. Uh, situation before uh, you really hit your regular season. So that's the way you view it. And so it, it, it's, it helps the university and uh, it helps Coach Hobson and them get ready uh, for, for what's to come after. Kelly Sander, legitimate football game or as Luke said, just another scrimmage game? I think Luke is 100% on it. And he and I don't always agree on things, but I think he's absolutely right. And when you take, you have to take it into context too and look at the rest of the schedule. Sound like Paul Harvey. The rest of the schedule. Because you go to Mississippi State, you go to Troy, you go to Alabama. We need a home game. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and the SWAC teams will, will come to Hattiesburg. And when you look at how deep that water is in the next three games, maybe some shallow water isn't too bad to get the mm-hmm. season started. Uh, looking back at that schedule, and I know these things are done several years in advance, but, I, you know... 
I don't know. It looks like to me that Troy weekend might have been another good weekend to play at home and get you another easy opponent. Two months ago, we were talking on this very program about how that Troy game is going to be the hinge. I hate to say this about a game so early in the year, but it could be pivotable to what kind of season the Golden Eagles have. For sure, because you're sandwiched right in between two, two nationally ranked teams, and it's on the road, and then you come back to begin your conference play. It's against UTEP, which which is not projected to be one of the stronger teams. So that might be a plus. But you could come back. You know, there are those that would say the Eagles could be 1-3 and three coming back to play that game. Too much uh, road entertainment early in the season, Luke? Well, it's the flip side. You're making a bunch of money, too. <laughs> That's mm-hmm. the trade-off of it. I mean, you're going to get you know some money from Mississippi State, and you'll get a bunch of money uh, from Alabama. Here's the thing. Three scenarios, okay? You play your tail off at Mississippi State. You come out of Starkville with a win, okay? You have a Debbie Downer the next week because you're living off the hype of what you think you are in week two, and you lose at Troy week three, okay? Or... You get your skull drug in Starkville, and you come back and you win a tough game at Troy on the road, okay? Mm-hmm. I I don't know if we can win both of those games. I, I just – I see both of them uh, – an emotional response to one will dictate what happens in the other. Uh, if you start off 3-0, and um, you're probably going to get destroyed at Alabama because you really do th- – <laughs> You think you're really good, but I think it's I think it's very possible, very very possible, especially with the defense for Southern Miss to be two and two going into conference play. Kelly, do you worry at all about uh, Southern Miss starting conference play after that first those three road games, physically beat up and unable to unable to put your best team on the field? Sure, and that's what I'm saying. The fact that UTEP was the draw. And no disrespect to UTEP, I'm just going based on what outsiders, you know, say they should be like. A, a team that we've talked about on this show has struggled the past two years. So if you have to make a draw, UTEP is the one you want to get, and you want to be able to to get it, you know, at home. Mm-hmm. I will say, I want to go back to the Mississippi State game. If you're going to play State, playing them early wow. with with they lost five or six guys that had to go to Colin, yeah. you know, for whatever reason. There's some turmoil going on in that program right now, so. That being the case, that's when you want and to play. Did you see how horrible Florida and Miami both looked? I mean, so maybe that's what you're hoping for. All right, Luke. Uh, beer or no beer aside, Southern Miss has to win how many games in the first four to have a decent crowd for the conference home opener? If if they if they beat Mississippi State, okay, you don't have to worry about it. If if they beat if they lose to Mississippi State and they beat Troy. You don't have to worry about it. If they lose at Troy and get annihilated in Tuscaloosa, you really have to worry about it. What if they beat Alabama? I will be the proud owner of a $5,000 Z28. <laughs> we laugh about that. But I think everybody laughs about that when they're I, on your schedule. Right? There, there's, you know, there's... That that's a once in a million. If if that were to happen, you know, no, no, it's not let's, one, no, let's just no, do no, it's not once but, in a million. Luke. It's just not going to happen. Well, you see things. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, you can yeah. see it with your eyes, and you can see it with your heart. Right. Most people who are looking at the schedule with their eyes are saying two and two. Right. And I think yeah. two and two would be good. I agree. You you're happy with two and two after the first month, Luke? Absolutely, because you beat UTEP, you're three and two. You have a week off before North Texas and Louisiana Tech back to back. 
So the, you 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 beat UTEP. You're three and two, and what that means is. You can split with North Texas and Louisiana Tech. I don't want to do that. But what's saying is you go through your your two hardest conference schedule games and you're sitting mid-November 4-3 and three, and then you can start running the table. And that's when you start looking at a possible 8-9 win regular season if that, if that were to happen. You beat Troy and you, you beat UTEP and something crazy happens in Starkville. Who knows what this team could do? Yeah. Uh, I think you got to get away from this 500 football, though, Kelly Sander. I think 500 football is just not cutting it when you play in Conference USA. No, and, and as evidenced last year, there were there were two teams, there were four teams in Division One that had 500 records that were bowl eligible that didn't get to go to bowls. Southern Miss was one, and ironically, one of the other four teams was Louisiana Monroe. Mm-hmm. A team that beat Southern Miss. They both right. finished six and six. Neither one of them got to go to a bowl game, and that's generally the goal, if not winning the conference, uh, if not winning the conference championship. I want to thank people for responding. We're going to put more and more of these type questions on the Eagle Hour Facebook page. We get great responses uh, from Southern Miss fans, and they they think these things out. I mean, you can tell that they think these things out. And I got to tell you, Bob, I was a little bit surprised at the at the numbers that when you put the poll question out about uh, beer and wine sales at, mm-hmm. at the Rock, about you know give or take seventy percent were in favor. I that surprised me a little bit. How so? Not, not, not just the high number. Okay. You know, I thought it might have been you know no, fifty five, forty five, but mm-hmm. um, I'd say it was about seventy thirty. Yeah. So that and I thought Jeremy McLean did a lot. Now most of those people responded before that interview, but I thought when he came on last week, he did a lot to certainly answer some questions. And to me, the most two things he said were most important. He had three years of experience dealing with this at Troy, so he's got a handle on how to handle the situation. And I assume that Jeremy will just, you know, institute that that train of thought here. I think that's reassuring. But what he said of, of everything he said is this. If you keep doing the same old things, you're going to get the same old results. And, guys, the fact of the matter is – the football program at Southern Miss cannot afford to continue with the same results. Wrong? And I'm not sure. I'm not sure that the that the average fan understands how serious the financial right. situation is. You know, at the university right. in football. Well, another serious situation would be Frank Wilson at Texas San Antonio, highly sought after football coach, and may be on the hot seat. We'll talk to the Roadrunners play-by-play voice and find out just how hot right after this. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Third segment of the Eagle Hour brought to us every day by 4th Street Bar and Grill, located in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. Trivia, Southern Miss memorabilia, and some great food. Stop by 4th Street Bar and Grill today. Check them out on Facebook. Always some specials going on, and we appreciate 4th Street Bar and Grill sponsorship 
of the Eagle Hour. Kelly, Bob, Luke, and Michael Mergens from the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg and beautiful downtown Laurel continue with our preview of Conference USA Football. Happy to have with us from the University of Texas, San Antonio, the home of the Roadrunners, Andy Everett in his 12th year as the voice of the Roadrunners, and he joins us now. Andy, how's your Tuesday? It's good. How are you guys doing? Doing great, man. Thanks uh, for being on today. Roadrunners come in three and nine last year. Andy, I got to be honest. Uh, we sometimes uh, ask Jay Hobson what in the world he was thinking about uh, with his schedule. Looking at your first four: Incarnate Word, Baylor, Army, North Texas, and then you go to College Station a little later in the season to take on the Aggies. Man, what a schedule! Well, at least we're getting paid, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's. Um... The schedule is is very difficult, and it's not going to be any easier in the future. LSU's on that schedule next year. I think Memphis is on the schedule. No one's ever going to accuse the Roadrunners of, of dodging teams or playing a, a cupcake schedule. But I think that one of the things that they had to do when they started this program is schedule teams like that to prove that they were real and relevant. You know, high school football in Texas is a big deal, and they play games on Saturday afternoon. And if the college game in town isn't as important as the high school game, then you're just might as well wasting your time and do something else. So I think from that standpoint, they're going to continue to try to schedule teams. We're going to play Texas uh, five out of ten years starting in 2022, every other year through 2030, I think. Uh, and, and so we'll go to Austin for those games. And I know there's talk, I know that as soon as we started the program a few years ago, Oklahoma asked to play us, but that, that schedule hasn't been worked out. And in the past, they played Oklahoma State and Kansas State and both Arizona schools. So it's uh, it's not been ever been an easy schedule, but I think that does get teams ready for Conference USA, even if you don't win. And a couple of years ago, even though the Baylor Bears were a down program at the time, UTSA did go into Waco and steal a victory. So I think you'll see more of that. Uh, but I think what the other thing, too, is, uh, is that Frank Wilson wants to schedule uh, one FCS opponent every year, and that's who UTSA will open with with Incarnate Word. Hey, Andy, glad to have you on the show. Uh, Coach Wilson, when he when he came to San Antonio, I think it's fair to say he was a, per, a pretty hot name in, in uh, college football. Of course, he was very, very successful in high school football. Is he on the hot seat? Is that fair to say this is an important year for him? Well, I, I don't know how hot the seat is, but I do know that Frank's got a lot of motivation himself because he's won everywhere he's been, at Mississippi State, at, at Southern Miss, at LSU, wherever he's been as an assistant coach, those teams have been successful. Last year, UTSA had 37 players that were injured at one time or another, 38, I think, at one time or another that were not able to play because of injury. And UTSA, one of the things they did this offseason was completely revamp their sports medicine program. They have a new director there. They have a new football trainer. And the idea has been the preparation all year long to make sure those players are getting the proper treatment so that injuries are avoided. Not that that wasn't the case last year. It just didn't work out. Uh, so I think that's number one, is this team has to stay healthy. And if they are, they've got the talent to be able to win more games. Uh, you mentioned the schedule. That's always going to get in the way of winning a lot of games when you play those good, those good teams. Uh, but I, I don't know how hot the seat is. I think that Frank has some internal pressure on himself because he wants to, to do well. And if uh, UTSA can stay injury-free, I think they can be a 500 or maybe slightly better team and get to a bowl game. When you look at the preseason projections of the, of the Roadrunners, what's the team morale? 
I mean, very very few people are picking uh, the Roadrunners to be an, an upper tier team in conference. Yeah, exactly. USA. I, I think they like the underdog role because uh, if you go back three years ago, uh, UTSA won six games, made a bowl, uh, made a bowl game uh, to the New Mexico Bowl in 2017. They win six games. They were one of the three teams that did not get picked to go to uh, to the postseason. That was kind of motivation. Then all the injuries happened last year, and they didn't have a quarterback that they were confident in either. I think that's changed with Frank Harris now being named as the starting quarterback, although he hasn't played uh, in a real game since high school three years ago because of injuries. The talent is certainly there. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I think the, the, the Roadrunners feel very confident that they can do better than projected. I mean, I don't pay attention to sports lines other than when people tell me because I quit betting on football about 40 years ago when I was in college. And, and, and so um, I, I think, uh, you know, I think the line for Saturday is like five and a half, which most people think UTSA should, you know, take the point out of there. They should win a game by 55 when you're playing an FCS school. I doubt that will happen. Uh, but I think the Roadrunners just want to, um, I think the Roadrunners just want to make sure that they play good football no matter who they're playing, and there's enough games on the schedule that they can win at least half of them, if not more. I think a seven-win season this year would be a very successful season, considering that you're going to play an Army team that hung 70 on Houston last year and Baylor and, and, uh, and, and uh, Texas A&M that are, that are big-time programs. The program's still generally in its infancy. When you, when you look at the chronology of this program now, do you, do you think generally from administrators at UTSA that the program is where they hoped it would be at this point? Are they a little ahead of schedule, a little behind schedule? What are your thoughts? I think, uh, I think there's two different thoughts. My thought is, is that it's way ahead of schedule because you're playing teams that you would never have thought would even consider playing you. And even though you haven't won those games against the Arizonas or the other Power Five conference schools, at least they're taking you serious enough to put you on their schedule. And this summer they announced a five-year deal with Texas, which I don't think Texas was interested in playing UTSA maybe as early as three or four years ago. So that's now there. So from that standpoint, I think they're ahead of things. The one thing about San Antonio is the San Antonio Spurs have spoiled everyone because of their success. And there are fans who quit buying season tickets to Spurs games because they don't think they're going to win an NBA championship. And that's because they've won five in 20 years. And, and we've become a very spoiled community because of that success. So they want instant gratification. And then you throw in the fact that the, up until 2011, when football was here, most of San Antonio went to College Station or Austin on Saturdays to watch games. Now they have a hometown team to be a part of. So I think there's always this idea amongst fans, when are you going to be as good as they are? Well, those schools have a 100-year head start on, on UTSA, so it's going, to get, it's going to be a while before they're that good and, and that dominant, and maybe they never get there. But I think that's the biggest issue. So administration standpoint, I would say, yeah, they're, they're, they're okay with where the program is, except they want to win and they want to go to bowl games. Uh, but I think fans sometimes get very anxious when they don't realize that they're not comparing apples to apples. Andy, you mentioned earlier about competing with high school football. That may sound a little odd to people in Mississippi that that high school games could compete in attendance with college games. But put in perspective, if you will, how big high school football is in Texas. Well, it's a religion, and I think even more so in some of the smaller communities because businesses literally shut the door at 6.15 or 6.30 so they can get to a 7.30 game. Uh, if you run the, the, a local uh, eatery in town, you may stay open after the game for people there, but everybody goes to the game. And, and 
in San Antonio, there's seven or eight powerful uh, power teams that are always competing for state championships. Uh, they'll put 10, 12,000 people in a stadium on a Friday night. They'll put uh, 25,000 in a stadium uh, once the playoffs roll around. And the, the uh, state championship games are played in succession in uh, Dallas at, uh, where the Cowboys play. And they play one game after another for four or five straight days. And for the big 5A and 6A games, they'll put 40,000, 50,000 people in the stands for those games. And it's not even not even bat an eye to it. So mm. it's always been big. Every school in the world recruits here. There's tons of players for teams to get. I don't know of any team I've ever seen that didn't have Texas players on its roster. Uh, and it, it really becomes a, a religion. And when I, I was doing a morning talk show in 2008, when UTSA was considering football and eventually got permission to create a football program, and uh, I said, the one thing that you have to do is you have to be Division One. You have to get into a Conference USA at the time they got into the WAC. Uh, but I said, you have to get there because if you're not, then the high school game will be more important and more people will go watch two 5A teams in San Antonio play than they will if you're an FCS program playing, hmm. no disrespect to Abilene Christian or Stephen F. Austin, but those games won't carry the weight as playing Baylor or Texas or somebody like that. So right. uh, UTSA has done the right thing, I think, in making their program that relevant. Uh, but, uh, yeah, high school football is so huge here, everybody. And I, I think it's I think it, you have a team that you follow. Uh, and then once your team is eliminated, then you pick another team, either in that school's district or a player you like. But last year there were uh, playoff games in the Alamo Dome, and they drew 35,000, 40,000 people to those games. In fact, Bob, do you remember Crazy. Do you remember the great Kyle Rote? Yeah. Kyle Rote Sr. Right. played at San Antonio Jefferson. Is that right? High school. Yeah. Class of 1946, they played for the state championship Kyle Rote Sr. was the quarterback for San Antonio Jefferson. The quarterback for Odessa High School was Hayden Fry. Is that right? So a lot of history. Lot oh, of history. man, yeah. That's interesting stuff, Andy. It pains me to ask you this final question, but a lot of Cowboy fans out there? Oh, yeah. Uh, I, think, I think this time of the year there are more Cowboy fans in San Antonio than there are Spurs fans. Is and that then once right? the Cowboys have either finished their season or eliminated from the, uh, from the, the, the postseason altogether – then their fandom goes back to being a Spurs fan. So uh, that's one of the reasons. I I remember there's always been talk about San Antonio trying to get an NFL team, and it would be great for them to do that, although I don't think the folks in Houston and Dallas would particularly like it. But there are people in San Antonio that will tell you, I don't want a team here because I would not be able to see the Cowboys. Interesting uh, stuff, Andy. They are. Very interesting conversation. We appreciate your time. Best of luck to you and the Roadrunners this year. See you guys soon. All right. We'll be right back, everybody. Stay with us. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. Goldport Home Center brings you the fourth segment of the Eagle Hour every day. If you're looking for new or used manufactured housing, Goldport Home Center has the best inventory. Check them out online, gulfporthomecenter.ms, or on Highway 49 in Gulfport. Appreciate Andy Everett for joining us in that last segment. Southern Miss taking on the Roadrunners of UTSA on November 16th out in San Antonio, Texas, on ESPN+. 
More importantly, Southern Miss taking on Alcorn State uh, this coming Saturday at 6 p.m. in The Rock. Uh, Marshant Kenny, Jason Baker on that call. And we should, uh, we, we mentioned briefly yesterday, but <sighs> the week one depth chart released yesterday. The, the big ones to, to note Jack Abraham, the starting quarterback, Travinsky Mosley, the starting running back, Steven Anderson uh, behind him, uh, tight end Ray Ladner, wide receivers. Missing from the wide receiver starting lineup is Quez Watkins. It was announced yesterday that he will miss the first two games. So Quez Watkins. Southern Miss's leading receiver from 2018, out against Alcorn, out against Mississippi State. Jordan Mitchell, Jalen Adams, Tim Jones, uh, your starters, Trevor Terry to Michael Harris, and uh, Neil McLaurin will be uh, second uh, on the depth chart. Offensive line, Drake Dorback at left tackle, backed up by Trey Johnson. Ty Pollard at left guard, backed up by Hayden Sturdivant, who Coach Hobson had said has had a great camp. At center, Trace Clopton, backed up by a true freshman, Coker Wright. Right guard, Arvin Fletcher, backed up by Kalik Washington. And right tackle, Tanner Hathorne out of Purdue, uh, being backed up by Bryce Foxworth. Before we get to defense, any observations you guys have on that on that offensive depth chart? None whatsoever. I just, I just don't. I mean, just glad we got a starting quarterback, right? Depth, right. man. It's all about right. depth. You know, right. I just right. want depth. Right, right. Yeah. Uh, on defense, uh, defensive end Jock, uh, Jacquez Turner. He's a, a first team preseason All Conference. Nick Dawson, the JUCO transfer, will back back him up. The nose tackle Demario Smith, also a preseason All Conference, backed up by Eric Kitchen. Delman Landry will be the defensive tackle, backed up by Vondarius Freeman. At the Wolf, Torrance Brown, who uh, that Penn State graduate, a lot of people graduate transfer. A lot of people say he's the real deal. He'll be backed up by Terry Whittington, the, the transfer from Alcorn State. Kyle Hemby at the Rover, uh, Rakeem Booth at, at middle linebacker, uh, Latham at a strong side linebacker, Rayshon Mitchell at field corner, Ty Williams at boundary corner, DQ Thomas the nickel, and Shannon Showers at free safety. Same thing on the defense. A lot of depth and, and special teams. Uh, on the depth chart, there was Andrew Stein or uh, I can't ever pronounce this kid's last name, Ryan Schmittob. He was a, a transfer from JUCO. So it looks like Stein will be the starting kicker, so a true freshman. And then uh, Zach Everett and Matt Bromwell are both battling out for punter. But that will be right. your starting uh, starters uh, against Alcorn State on Saturday. Right, a couple notes about the program, guys. Uh, Thursday, Chuck Abity, we're happy to say, is going to step in and uh, host the show for all of you guys are gone doing junior college football. I'm gone to a fourth-year fourth birthday party uh, in Jacksonville, Florida. So Chuck Abadie and Todd Elsey are going to take the show for us. Then Friday, you guys will be at 4th Street, Kelly. You getting the 895 lunch or are you going with the poor boy? I don't know. There's so many good choices, you know. You going with the Mergens? I'm off on Friday. Oh, that's right. Okay. The, so pork, just be you. the pork chop's really, really good. Yeah, so yeah. we'll be there uh, at 4th Street. Got a lot of upcoming road deals we're doing. Uh, looking forward to announcing those uh, as we uh, get along further. So uh, just a couple reminders about that, and uh, I'm sure Chuck will do a great job. It was actually the first guest we ever had on the Eagle Hour, and as you know, Kelly, a longtime sports editor for the Hattiesburg American. So a guy that really knows Southern Miss. Gosh, and it's and it's it seems like just yesterday, but when you see where media has gone just in the past ten years, newspapers are sadly going belly up in many small markets. Really a, it's it's a sad 
you know, young people probably don't have any recollection of what the Sunday morning newspaper was like, but it was just a part of America, wasn't it, Mike? Yeah, you drop sure it, it on your Sunday. foot, you'd break it. Yeah, and sit yeah, around the right, table, and the kids right. would get the comic section. Dad would have the sports oh page. Oh, my gosh, that was the first thing. My every wife would grab all the sales stuff and yeah. take off because she loved going through all of that. And the mer- wedding engagements and yeah, the wedding I mean, pictures. Yeah, it was just it was fun. And pick it back up Sunday afternoon while you're watching ball, you're kind of breezing through the paper. But and the best part was the comics were in color on Sunday. Yeah, that's, that's Black exactly and white right, rest right. of the week. The family circus. Yeah. And, of course, we are – Dead into football season now. Luke's going to be uh, calling Jones yeah. Junior College in Cahoma, I think. Uh, Jones College. Jones College. Thank you. Jones and um, and I'll I'll have Pearl River and Itawamba. So both both Luke, Jones. Do you have any idea what we're talking about when we're talking about Sunday color comics and the Sunday newspapers? Absolutely. Uh, back in the day, good old Peanuts. Yeah, I used to yeah. love BC. All that stuff. Yeah. I used to wake up and. And a look at it. Even you have to piece them together like weeks at a time. But alley oop, nothing was funny mm-hmm. about it. It was just like a story, though. And getting yeah, up on exactly Sunday morning and walking out there, knowing your paper was laying in the driveway, and you picked it up and came in, got that first cup of coffee. And Luke, were you a, were you a Doonesbury kind of guy? Were you a, that was more of a political comic no. strip, wasn't it? You know that was. No. And B- I'm, a, BC? I'm an extreme. Of Far side guy. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I got gotcha. you. All the way. Far side, huh? Okay. Who was the army guy? Uh, Beetle Bailey. Beetle Bailey. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Uh, well, Calvin and Hobbs. Okay. Some we were, great ones. We regress. Uh, <laughs> Those are great times, though. Great uh, times. Were. All right. That's it for the day. We'll be back tomorrow at 1 o'clock. Uh, till then, Southern Miss. To, to that top. top. To the top. Time keeps on slipping, slipping, slipping. Into the future I want to fly like an eagle To the sea Fly like an eagle Let my spirit carry me I want to fly like an eagle Till I'm free Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.